God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good morning and thank the Lord for this day. And uh, as I always say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I shall rejoice and be glad in this day. And last time we were together, we were talking about what do you know? And we're going to continue in that line um, on this lesson on today, asking you, like I said last time, the Lord asked me, Dora, what do you know? And I was telling you about all the things that was going throughout the, the, you know, the world, as a matter of fact, all the situations that we're facing, and everybody had their own ideas of what they knew and wanted everybody to know what they knew and how they felt about it. But the Lord asked me, when I'm just sitting there in my quiet mode, quiet time with him, just talking to the Lord, praying, and he asked me, what do you know? What situations that's going on in your life, what do you know about that? And um, as I said, you know, I had to sit and think about it and make sure, well, well, Lord, am I, do you think I'm doubting you or, or what? Because you keep asking me, what do I know? That means you're asking me for a reason. And so um, the base scripture that we have for this lesson is John 8 and 32. And it says, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So, you know, as I, I, I just, you know, thinking about what, what do I know? What do I know? And what do I know? It's the truth that you know will make you free. Not only just the truth will make you free or set you free, but it's the truth that you know in your, deep down in your heart, down in your knower. That truth, what do you know? What do you know about the Word of God? What are you saying about the Word of God? What are you believing? Do you know in your knower, deep down in the city of your soul, what the Word of God says about you and about your situation, that you believe it, that you receive it, and that is yours, and that you know. Like what God says about you, you know it. You don't know about it. Do you know about it? You know about that scripture or do you know it in your heart? And nobody can convince you otherwise, contrary to what the word of God says to you about that situation. We have to get to the place that you know when a situation arises, when bad things happen, something catches you off guard, off guard, you have to know what the word of God says about that situation. So that's what comes out of your mouth. Not what, you know, because, and, and I've said it before, when something happens, the first words that come out of your mouth is how that situation is going to go. And a lot of people, when they get bad news or whatever, and they speak, they speak, um, damnation as for lack of a better word to themselves, they speak, you know, it's going, it's going to the crapper. It's not going to work. The Lord's not going to do it. For, I mean, they, they speak everything contrary to what they say they were believing God to do for them. You can't say one thing and, and, and mean another. And I often say, you know, don't call the dog if you want the cat. And that's what we do as saints of God. Many people, you know, they're speaking they're, they're, they they say, I'm healed, but they're speaking sickness. Oh, this is that, and this is probably that's bothering. Doctor said this, doctor said that, and, you know, they're speaking contrary to what they're believing. So my question to you again is, what do you know in your heart about the Word of God? What is the Word saying to you? What have you received of the Word in your heart that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is going to do it for you? You know, and um, some people... You know, they, they say, well, you know, they, they get into this mode of, I'm going to read read through the Bible, you know, within a year. And I did that, you know, a couple years, you know, saying, well, I read through the Bible the whole year. You know, the whole year, I read through the Bible in one year. And so at the end of the year, so the Lord asked me, what did you get out of it? I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, what did you get out of reading, rushing through 
the Bible for a whole year just to say, hey, that's admirable. I read through the Bible a whole year, but what did I get up? Did I get anything? Did any scripture jump out at me? Did, did I give the Lord a chance to, you know, to, to give me a word to meditate on, a thing to change in my life? I was just so dead set on, okay, this is the plan. The plan said I have to read this is the Old Testament, this is the New Testament. So I'm checking off. I'm doing my works, you know, to, to, to uh, make me feel good about myself because I read through the Bible in a year. But I gained nothing. Just the thought that I read the Bible in a year. But I, nothing, I, there, there was not, I, when I tell you, when I read that, you know, read through the Bible for the year, there, I didn't take time to hear anything from the Lord. I didn't take time to let a scripture, you know, come alive in me. Cause, no, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to read these scriptures. I got to get these scriptures. I got to get through this in a, in a year. No. It's the truth that you know that will set you free or make you free. Not saying, okay, you know, I did this in a year. Whoa, look at me. That, that is works. But, you know, when you're speaking through the Bible, speed reading, what are you learning? What is it profiting you? But you have to get to know a scripture. In order to get to know that scripture, you're going to have to spend time with it. You're going to have to read it over and over again. As I said last week, mutter, mutter it or, or meditating me to mutter, to, to roll it over in your mind, roll it over in your mind, over and over again, that scripture, over and over again, until it becomes alive to you. You know, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and with his stripes I'm healed. When I meditate on that scripture and I'm and muttered over and over and over and over, and the more I said it, the stronger I got. The more I said it, the more empowered I felt to receive what God says is already mine. I had to get past knowing about the scripture to knowing it, to know for a fact that Jesus is my healer by the stripes that he bore. I'm healed by the wounds that he bore on his body, on that tree. I was made whole, I was healed. You have to get past knowing about it to get to the place where you know it like you know your name. As I said last time, nobody can convince you that you're, well, they, well I don't know what to convince you, but they can't convince me. No one can convince me that I'm not Dora. You know, they can call me anything and everything they want to, but. My name is Dora. Never mind I was supposed to be Doreen, but my mom was so groggy when, when they came when she came to, she just said Dora. So they just said, Oh, Dora. So that's how I got my name. Thank God. That's you know, I like Dora. And bless be God, you can't convince me that my name is Doreen. Because on my birth certificate it says my name is Dora. I've been called Dora all my life, so just like I know my name, you have to get to know the word of God so that nobody convince you, especially that enemy, to try to convince you against the word of God. Try to convince you something that you're not. Trying to make you believe that you're, you are sick and not the healed. Trying to make you believe that you're weak and not strong. Trying to make you believe that you're broke and that you're not the head and not the tail. These are the things you have to know deep down in your knower. I am the righteousness of God. I have been made whole. I am blessed to be a blessing until all of the families of the earth have been blessed. These are the things you have to know and not just know about it. There's a difference. Knowing about something and knowing something is two different things. I can know about a movie star, you know, oh, I know whoever, I don't even know who said that, but you know, you know about them, but you don't 
know them. There's a difference. So, you know, um, you want to get to spend time in the Word of God, reading that scripture over and over again, meditating on that scripture, sitting and listening to get revelation knowledge from the Lord. Hallelujah. It may take you weeks. It may take you months. You may stay with one scripture for an entire year, whatever and how long it takes for that scripture to become alive to you so that you know deep down that's true. That, that word is true for me. You have to know it like you know your name. So like I said, what do you know? Do you know you are victorious? Or have you convinced yourself that you are a victim? There are people, so many people out there with victim mentality. And I mean, you know, things, bad things follow them all along. It's one one victimized situation after another, one thing after another, after another, because they're calling that, they're calling that stuff in. They don't have a positive bone in their body. I mean, everything is bad. Everything is wrong, you know, and woe is me. Stop that, because if that's what you're calling, that's what you're going to receive. So if you don't want to be a victim, start saying, I am victorious. What voices are you listening to? Are you listening to God, or are you listening to others, or are you listening to your own words that are not faith-filled? Who or what are you listening to? Stop the negative words. Stop listening to the negative words. That's not what the Lord wants for you or from you. You need to give him faith, speak faith words out of your mouth so that he, you've given him permission to move on your behalf. Listening to the wrong words can cause your knower to believe the wrong thing. When you listen to the wrong things, you'll start to believe the wrong things. You know, some people have listened to the lies of the devil so long that they believe it's true. I mean, just like this, what we're facing in society today, You've heard the same thing over and over and over and over, the same lies over and over and over, till people believe the lies are true. That scripture being fulfilled in our lives right now. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. You get in that word and let the Lord talk to you. Hallelujah. Some people would rather believe a lie than to believe the truth. And they'll try to convince you of their erroneous words and their beliefs and want you to believe in error like they are. I said, stop it. Listen to the Lord. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what the Lord says about you. People try to convince you that you're just ordinary. You're just the same old Joe Blow as so and so. No, not according to God. And none of us are ordinary to God. Psalms 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. See, that's one of them knows I was telling you about. Your soul knoweth right well that you are beautifully and marvelously made. That's what the Lord says about us. That's what he says about you. But if you believe, if your believing is erroneous, you won't believe that you're marvelously made. You know, the scripture lets us know we're, we're, we're not just an ordinary so-and-so. We're not an outcast. We're not a loser. You're not damaged goods. No matter what happened to you, you're not damaged goods. You're not a quitter. You're not a loser. You're not a bum. You have been marvelously and wonderfully made. There's only one like you. There's no one, even if you have a twin, identical twins, there's still something different about the two of you. Your fingerprints are not the same. Even though you're twins, your DNA are not the same. Everybody has their own DNA. The Lord, he says, you are marvelously made. Hallelujah. So you know that you, you're pretty, you're somebody. 
You're not ordinary. You're extraordinary. According to the Lord, he sees you as extraordinary. So he says in his word that you are more than a conqueror. Here in Romans 8, 37 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So do you know you're more than a conqueror? Or do you, do you know what the scripture says? Or do you think you know? Do you know in your knower that you're not ordinary? Do you know deep down inside you that God made you extraordinary? To him, you are the apple of his eye. He loves you. Yes, even you, the Lord loves you. And he needs you to know that he loves you. He said, we are more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Because God loves us, he will make everything, everything come out right for us. Even in devastating circumstances, God will work it out for you. And here the scriptures, uh, Psalms 34, 19, in the Passion says, Even when bad things happen to good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. So no matter what situation is going on in your life, the Lord said, you're not going to be defeated. You're not going to be defeated. Here in Genesis 50 um, and verse 20, the part A of it says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. This is scripture talking about Joseph when he's, Joseph was speaking to his brothers that had, uh, uh, well, let's go back to the beginning. Joseph was a dreamer. And, you know, the Lord showed Joseph dreams and that his his brothers would bow down to him and that his father would bow down to him. And, you know, they um, didn't like that. One scripture said they, they couldn't even speak civil to him. They hated him. His brothers hated him so much because of the dreams that the Lord has given him. So they decided, they devised a plan. We're going to kill this boy. We'll see if his dream, how can his dreams come true if he's dead? So that's what they had planned to do. So they snatched off their coat of many colors that the father made for the son, you know, dipped it in blood, took it back to the dad. But they, first they said, let's kill him. We were saying, look, don't kill him. He's our brother. He's our blood. We can't kill him. Throw him in the pit. So, you know, they just, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll throw him in the pit and leave him. Maybe the animals will get to him. So they, they see that the bands the, uh, of people coming and they sell him. They sell the boy, their brother, their own brother. They sold him into slavery. Now, Joseph at age 17 had these dreams and knew what the knew what knew what the Lord had told him what the Lord had showed him but they sold him into slavery once he's in slavery then Potiphar purchases him buys him as a slave and brings him in his house and Potiphar sees that there's something about this young man that's that's extraordinary he's not just an ordinary slave he puts him in charge of everything in his house Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him now, she's married already, but she wants this new young blood to just move into the house. Joseph said, no, I will not. I will not embarrass my God like this. I will not defile what the Lord has put in me to be with you. I mean, she may be beautiful, and she probably was, thought she was more than what she was, and figured that she could, she could you know, make her way in with this young man. He says, no, I will not do this. And he ran from this woman. Run, Joseph, run. He ran from her, left his coat behind. So she used that against him and told her husband that he came in to try and make a move on her. Well, Potiphar, believing his lying wife, has him put in jail. Joseph knew, he knew, he still knew what the Lord showed him at the age of 17. What happens, he ends up in jail. 
Joseph and Jalen, he said, now, Lord, I know what you showed me. I, I know the, what, what, the dream that you gave me, and, 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 and I believe you, but all these things are happening. Good things happen to godly people. The Lord said, uh-uh, you won't be defeated. He's in jail. The butler and the baker, both of them are in jail, and they both dream, and the Joseph interprets the dreams. One in the dream was interpreted, you're going to live the uh, and be restored to your place, and the other one, well, you're going to lose your head tomorrow. So you know, he, he interpreted dreams and happened just like he said. So Joseph told the one that got free, said, look, when you get back to the palace, remember me. Sure, sure, I remember. I'll tell him what happened and everything. Forgot all about it. For so, so years, he's still in jail, but he knew, Joseph knew what the Lord told him. He knew what he showed him, and he kept on. And, you know, so he interprets the dreams, and then the king has a dream, and he can't figure out, he can't figure out the dreams. And the other one that was in jail, oh, I remember, I remember, I remember I was in jail. And this, this, this slave was in jail and interpreted the dream just like he said it happened. They called him to the palace. He interprets the king Pharaoh's dreams. And what happened? Even though it took 17 years to make it come, because when, he, when, when Joseph stood before Pharaoh, he was 30 years old. 13 is when, no, I'm sorry, 17 is when he had the dream. 13 years later is when the dreams came to pass because he stood before Pharaoh and was elevated above everybody. And everybody had to bow to Joseph. And then the same thing happened. His brothers had to come and bow before him. So when you know in your knowing, no matter what happens, how bad situations turn, how things come against you, whatever, stand on the word of God. Stand on what the Lord says is yours. Believe the word of God. Get it in your knowing and don't be moved. Don't, don't come off of the word of God. Joseph didn't come off of the word. He knew what the Lord had showed him. It took you know, years, 13 years from the age 17, I'm sorry, from age 17 to stand before Pharaoh at the age of 30. It took 13 years for this to happen, but it happened. So what am I telling you? Stand on the word of God. Know in your knower what the word of God says. You know, he had devastating things happen to him for 13 years, but one thing he knew, what God had revealed to him, and he stood on what God said. What God had promised him, it came to pass. When you know that the Lord has promised you something and it hasn't come to pass yet, don't give up. You still know what the Lord said. Do you know it or do you know about it? Are you still holding on to the word of God? Are you still standing on what the Lord said? Are you believing or are you being defeated by the devil's lies? Don't be defeated. What do you know? God loves us and he will bring to pass all the promises that he gave to us. The question is, do you know what the Lord, that he loves you? Love is not merely an attribute of God. It is part of his very makeup. God is not merely love, but at his core, he is love. Not just the word love, but to the core, God is love. To the innermost parts of him, his love, and he has love for you. He has love for me. Not, uh, you know, it's not an unconditional love. It's a full, true love. No conditions. No strings attached. God loves you. He said, um, um, let's read the scripture in John 4.10. Herein, I, John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. 
in the Amplified it says, In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. While we were yet sinners, while we hated God, he loved us enough to have his, let his son be destroyed for us so that we wouldn't be. So when you begin to speak the word of God and stand on the word of God, realize, yes, he was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And with the stripes that was on his back, we are healed. You have to know that for yourself. Don't know about it because most people who talk to you can tell you about Jesus. But do they know him for themselves? God alone loves in the completeness and the perfection of love. Love comes from God. Love, the source of God is love. So, I mean, there's not an inch, an ounce of anything of God that's not love. God is love. Love comes from God and it goes out to us. So he wants us not only to love him, but love each other. Our job is to love each other, to show that love that we have for others. Scripture says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Do you know deep down in your knowing that God loves you? That he loves you. God loves you beyond a shadow of a doubt. Do you know it? He said in his word that he would not withhold any good thing from you. Do you understand that? Nothing he would withhold from you. Any good thing. He said, I'm not going to withhold it from you. He loves you. Hallelujah. And he wants us to love one another. I, John 4 and 16 said, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. He dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. So we have to know, that word says known, that the word, the word again came to us because God is love. No, no, no in your heart. No matter what you've done, how, how bad you thought you were, or what has been done to you, God sees you through the eyes of love. He's not holding back his love from you. You may shrink back and feel, I'm not worthy to receive God's love, but he loves you unconditionally. His love, God's love for us is not based on how good we are. I mean, that's that's works and pastors have been teaching to us about the grace of God. And, you know, we think, you know, God blesses us based on how good we are. Trust me, you're not that good. I'm not that good. Thank God for his grace. God's, God loves us unconditionally. And he's hoping that we will learn and know and believe how much God loves us. I mean, 17 weeks pastor taught us on the grace of God, trying to get us to the point of knowing that God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. And he's not holding anything against us. He sent his son to be destroyed so that we wouldn't have to be. That's love. Because I'm telling you now, I'm not giving up my sons for any of you. I love you, but it's not even happening. Don't even bring, don't, it's not happening, okay? But God loved us enough. Unconditional love that he would sacrifice his son for you because he loved you. For me because he loved me. And you know, you know, and I've said it for years, if he, if the, the Jesus didn't go to the cross, but for one person, he went for me. You don't have to believe it for yourself, but I, I said no matter if there's one person left on this earth, 
he still would have went to cross even if it was for me. And you have to see it yourself like that because God loves you. Hallelujah. And because of God's grace, we don't have to perform to receive his love. What do you know? What do you know? Hallelujah. That's what I want you to, to answer for me today. Do you know that God loves you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever to believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know God as your source? Or are you constantly convinced that he's not going to work it out for you? He's not going to do it for you this time. It's not going to happen because that's what the enemy tries to put up on you. But he is our source. In Philippians 4.19, I'm going to try and close with this. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you know God as your source? Or has the enemy convinced you that the windows of heaven are empty, they're closed and sealed to you? 2 Peter 1 and 3 says, According to his divine power, hath given us all things to, that pertains to life and godliness. So you should know there's nothing that God wouldn't do for you. There's nothing he would withhold from you. Why? Because he loves you. Proverbs 10 and 22 says, The blessings of the Lord maketh rich. The blessing, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and it addeth no sorrow. The Lord wants to bless you, and it's adding no sorrow to it. But my question, as I've been saying for the past two weeks, what do you know? What do you know? Do you know God loves you? Do you know, hallelujah, that he wants the best for you? Do you know he's going to turn everything around for your good? As Joseph said, though you meant it for my evil, God meant it for good, so that he could save them and keep them alive. Do you know? Or do you know about it? So, you know, I just want you to realize, get to know the Lord. Get in his presence. Practice the presence of the Lord. Practice just being quiet before him. And he will speak to you. You get quiet before the Lord and say, Lord, I love you. And just hush. Listen to what he's saying. What he's saying is, I love you. I love you. Do you know it? Or do you know about it? God bless you. We thank you for joining us for service today. Before we leave, we would like to give you the opportunity to know Jesus. It's as simple as ABC. I accept God and I acknowledge the sins in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I commit my life to you. If you said that simple prayer, we believe that you've been born again. Welcome to the family. 